What's up, everybody? What's up, everybody? <laughs> Welcome to the Hustle and Grind podcast. We are bullshitting today and winging it. We're all recording from home. There's no studios. We're on Swamp Wi-Fi, and we're recording a whole different way, so we hope it all goes good. What's everybody doing? How are you guys? Good. Pretty good. It's been a busy weekend. <laughs> what? Who's who's that? Who's that? What's that voice I hear? Hmm. Is that Richard Beck from Beck's Armory? I don't know. It might be. <laughs> Surprise. <laughs> yeah, Richard from Beck's Armory is here with us today. I'm and uh, we're going to talk about him him a bunch today. He's going to do some some things with big words. So get ready. <laughs> Maybe. I'll do my best. <laughs> All right. So everybody knows Richard is a, a friend of the show. And we've been talking a lot, and uh, Richard sells one hell of a grinder, and he's going to test out the platform of Hustle and Grind, and uh, he's kind of on a trial sponsorship right now. So uh, just to try, you know, to see if it works. If somebody buys a grinder, he's going to keep it up. If nobody pulls the trigger, there's no reason for him to to pull in his end. It just doesn't make sense. So somebody go buy a grinder, and Richard's going to tell us today why they're so awesome. Not like a sales pitch right this minute, but, you know, we'll get to it throughout the show. Does the podcast have a promo code or can they use my promo code? Well, the podcast has one, but uh, I don't care how you guys work that. Uh, The podcast one is Hustle, and then yours is Ryan. Ryan Well, actually, I kind of want them to use the, if they hear about it on the podcast, to use the, the podcast code. That way I know that, you know... I just use that code to track people, basically. So if 10 people use code gotcha. Hustle, then I know, hey, this is a great deal. And, you know, it's – and I keep, you know, keep rolling with it. Just got so tired of, you know, giving yeah, money to Facebook and, and Google, you know, who really hate our community anyways. So I hate supporting them, but it's like, what do you do if you're a small business? Um, you try to advertise with Meta, and you tr- – you, you can't use the word knife. You can't, you know, target knife makers, you know, blacksmiths. None of those categories exist. Um, so when you try to, you know, sell stuff to this community, there's really no avenue to do it. Um, you just kind of get on the fringes of it when you pay for Google ads or for Facebook ads. And at the end of the day, I just don't like giving money to people who don't like me. <laughs> so... <laughs> makes sense <laughs> so what's our what's the podcast promo code it's just the word hustle uh yeah i think that's what it is if okay. not that's what it is i will make it that um but i think uh when i <laughs> i think when i said that to you guys it was hustle uh, you get five bucks off your order okay five there's bucks a, is five bucks i mean it's not a ton yeah the main thing is just so I can track, you know, to see where the order came from. And, you know, five bucks is it's, it's not nothing. So it's enough to take your time to put that code in there. For sure. Yeah. But. There's a lot of guys just getting started that are listeners of the of the podcast. So if you're looking for a grinder, go get one from Richard. Yeah. Bexarmory.com. That's truly super easy to assemble. I've got one. That's kind of who I target is uh, people who are transitioning from the Harbor Freight 4x36 or from a Harbor Freight 1x30. Um, most of those guys are still in the hobby stage of this endeavor. And if you're in the hobby stage of this, you probably don't have a big fancy welder. Um, you're probably going to have a pretty small welder. And some kits have 3 8 thick plate that require a hefty welder that most guys don't have. And you'll see a lot of guys welding these three-eighths plates with their 110 volt welder and it's bird poop everywhere so as what i did is i used finite element analysis to uh perfect a thinner wall frame that's just as rigid so basically i can assemble this thing in 3d i don't know what that means but it works <laughs> it does yeah basically finite element analysis allows you, it allows you to test things without building it so you model it all in 3D, and uh, you put the stresses and the loads, and you can you can calculate vibrations and resonant frequencies and all that stuff. 
and you can end up with something super, super rigid and beefy made out of thin plate. That's how they do it in aerospace. And I used to be an aerospace engineer, so I've done a lot of this. Um, so now you can actually weld it with a cheap welder and still get high performance in the end. So that was the goal. Keep everything, you know, all the welded parts, keep them 3 16th. So that way anybody can weld them. You don't have to be a professional. You don't have to have a big fancy welder. You can have the cheapest Amazon welder out there. You'll be able to weld 3 16th plate. That's not true with some of the thicker plates uh, stuff out there. So Nice. Your, your grinder kind of goes together with tab and slot, right? Yeah. Um, so you also don't have to be a professional fabricator um, as far as because all the pieces interlock, like you said, with tabs and slots, and they self-align each other. So everything is going to be flat, square, because it has to be. Otherwise, the tabs and the slots, they won't fit together. So once you put this, you know, these, this puzzle together, it holds itself in position, and then you just tack it together, and then you final weld it once you're finished. So, And I also have a single datum. A lot of grinders don't have that. So um, anybody, I came from a machining world as well, and on the back of a jaw, when you go to machine something, there's a fixed jaw and a movable jaw. And everybody knows you always locate off the back jaw because it's the one that doesn't move. So my grinder is the same way. The motor bolts to the main plate. The tooling arm pushes on that same main plate. The tension arm also pushes on that same main plate. And the D plate pushes against the same plate. So when every single feature of your grinder pushes on the exact same plane of the exact same plate, you're not going to have any misalignments. It doesn't matter how bad of a builder you are, how bad of a fabricator you are, it all pushes onto the same exact plate. So you're going to have success. So the whole point is, no matter what your skill level is, you should have success with a BA shredder. And that's the whole point of this build. Um, that's why I stripped out a lot of the bells and whistles. And I want to keep it low enough cost for the entry level, easy enough for entry level. It's all about entry level grinders, guys getting to that next level so they can be more efficient. Because the efficiency is the name of the game when you're making handmade knives. If you can't pump out enough knives in a short enough time, you can't make this your full-time gig. So you need something that can take you to that next level. That's what I'm struggling with right now is my efficiency. Being able to get blades out fast enough to sell them fast enough to be able to make bills. Yeah. How's your week going in the shop, Ryan? You still got your table full? Uh, yeah, I picked up, I got to do four identical EDCs and that's all I picked up over the last week. The website launched. Um, I haven't gotten any sales off the website, but it's gotten a bunch of traffic. So that's good. Real yeah. good. I figured out there's an app for the, whatever the platform is that I use for the website. And so I don't have to go on my desktop, which I'm way more fluid on a phone. You know what I mean? We're all way more fluid on phones nowadays. Um, so I can go right in, take the pictures on my phone, go into the website through my phone and update as I need to. Nice. So anybody out there listening, go check out RyanChadbornKnifeWorks.com. It's live. So I set it up a little different because I hardly ever have knives available. You know, most of the time they sell before they're done. Um, so what we did was we put examples of knives I've made, how much they cost. And then when you buy one, it starts the order process. You contact me, let me know what steel you want, what grind you want, what handle material colors, all that shit. And then we start the process. Well, hell yeah. That's fancy. That's doing good, man. I'm happy for you. Yeah. My wife took my credit cards away though. <laughs> oh yeah. Well, that might not be a bad thing. <laughs> well, I put the I put the website on the credit cards, and she goes, "How much was this?" And I told they just her, "Give it to me." <laughs> yeah, they, they just it give it to me. me. Ain't nobody giving they don't give know, it to I don't me. Know. You just say I can have it. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I wanted to use that audio was, for so long, but <laughs> <laughs> it. Uh, so yeah, uh, I gave her the credit cards. I was like, "You're right. Whatever. It's fine." <laughs> Well, it was, I mean, you ain't got to get no exact price, but is it expensive to get a website? I've I've got a deal 
because it was my buddy's wife. So yeah. I got a deal. But I know some guys pay like over a thousand bucks for a website. Wow. Yeah. Minus 500. That's crap. But I guess it's worth it. I mean, if you go be a legit business, they always say it's good to, looks good to have a website. So, yeah. It does. Minus, minus half that, minus 500. Um, Usually she, yeah, usually she doesn't teach people how to go in the back door and make changes. Like you have to hire the web designer stays on and charges you fees for that. Um, And I I was like, I don't want to do that. Uh, You got to show me. Yeah, that's, that's the key. You know, that's why I made my own. I didn't know how, um, but I was like, man, if I ever want to change something, I can't afford to pay up the upfront cost and then continue to pay them every time I want to change a picture, every time I want to add an item. I mean, you'd go broke. And eventually, as your business got bigger and bigger and bigger, you would be more desperate and more dependent on them because all your traffic would be coming through the website. I was like, man, this is going to turn out to be bad. So I just, I bought my domain through HostGator and uh, I was just on YouTube for 20 hours straight trying to figure out how to do it and slowly but surely I fumbled my way through it and now here we are a couple years later and yep. it's, it's going pretty smooth I'm still not a professional web designer but it's actually not very expensive if you do it yourself um, HostGator has like entry level plans it's like I don't know $2.50 a month and then your uh, that's for hosting fees and then your domain will cost you a lot of them come with a free domain um so you just pay your your two dollars and fifty cents a month and then if you buy three years at a time you get a discount so you can actually you can get a website very inexpensively but it's pretty pretty stressful to try to figure out how to make your own website um but there's a million youtube videos for wordpress websites it's one of the most widely used websites out there so well bases i guess yeah i i don't have the time to do it i didn't know where to start so i was like i'll pay her to build it and then i'll just yeah update it and whatever um and then if i run into troubles i can always just kick kick her a few bucks to come in and fix it for me yeah um but i we went with wix okay I've heard W I X, yeah. Yeah, it's like twenty seven bucks a month. Okay. Some Wix oil filters. Yeah. But we'll see. We'll see if it drums up some sales. So hopefully everybody go check it out and buy my shit. Thank you. Buy everybody's shit. Everybody buy everybody. Everybody buy everybody's shit. Richard, you've got some other products also. You've got the pedestal, which I have also. My BA shredder's on the pedestal. Um, that was a super easy build. That literally took me 15 minutes. Um, yeah. From scratch. You just lay the pieces out. They only go together one way. Right. And you're like, okay. Yeah. Here it, we go. It, you would think it's impossible to mess up. <laughs> but I've gotten some questions. <laughs> um, <laughs> no, but every, I try to do everything flat pack. And... Uh, Everything's got to be tab and slot, super simple. It also simplifies my efforts. I try to use the same hardware across lots of my products. So when I go to design a new hard, a new product, I look over at the items that are in the BA Shredder kit. I'm saying, all right, how much of this stuff can I use? I'm not looking to stock additional stuff. So you'll notice BA Vandersander, BA Shredder, you know, a lot of that stuff has the same hardware. And I'm going to keep doing that because it's the most efficient way to do it, but yeah you know what i would suggest as an add-on if somebody gets the ba shredder and then the pedestal to put it on maybe a bracket to hold the vfd yeah i because that's my new that's my that's my next thing i gotta i gotta rig up on that as a bracket for the vfd other than that the thing's flawless oh thanks i put those those uh key uh keyhole slots in there um so i have expandability in the future and that was at the top of my list and then somehow i got derailed somebody wants me to do a 
a kit that has everything. So basically a BA shredder, but with tube steel, with wheels. And so I'm getting a lot of pressure to do that. So that distracted me from the VFD thing because that was at the top of the list. So next week, uh, I'm hoping to have, I don't know what I'm going to call it. I already have the mega kit, so maybe ultimate kit. I don't know if that's already taken. Other people, I don't know. I got to call it something, but it's going to be a kit with everything. So that way, because a lot of people, you know, oh, Jason, you call mentioned that D. to me, uh, have a hard time finding that tube steel. And then if you find it, they'll make you buy a 20-foot stick, and it's... I can buy yeah. a 20-foot stick, chop it up, That's and then sell it. Into. Right. When I was looking yeah. at making my own grinder way back in the olden days when I got started, I was going to use another, you know, just a weld-together kit. But you need, what is it, like three feet total? <laughs> but it's yeah. two separate sizes. So I would have had to buy 40 feet of tube steel, you know, one in each diameter, 20-foot sticks. It was almost 500 bucks for the steel. And I would have had like what thirty four feet left over. What yeah. am I going to do with that? It just didn't make sense for me. I mean, a lot of people's got like you know they can go to the scrapyard and buy it by the foot or by the pound or whatever. But we just don't have anywhere like that around here. Yeah, I got lucky. I worked across the street from an industrial supplier, and so like I'd go over there, and my buddy worked there, and they just let me dig through the dumpster. Nice. Can't like, go yeah, wrong go- there. Go hop in the scrap pile, pull out what you need. They got everything over there. I mean, six inch thick plate, aluminum. Oh, yeah. They got everything. That place is massive. Six inch thick plate. They got a 250,000 <laughs> pound fork truck. Hell, I bet a damn six inch thick plate's got to be 20,000 pounds. Oh, yeah. They got a they got some big equipment over there. But Good yeah. Nice. You could call it the Omega Package. Omega Package? Because it's like Mega, the one that but comes Omega? The Omega Package. Yeah. <laughs> That's not bad. Mm. You could call it the Omega Package. comes with everything. Everything. Except for a motor <laughs> and a VFD. Those things are so ex- yeah. heavy. Yeah. It's like, there's just no way. if I, Even if I stocked a bunch of those Automation Direct Iron Horse motors... Those things are almost 40 pounds a piece. And UPS, I don't know how they ship those for free, by the way. When you buy one from Automation Direct, it's free shipping. That would cost me 100 bucks to ship that out. Yeah. Easily. And it and it comes in 48 hours. Yeah. It's just, it comes in it, two business days. Yeah. Yep. I mean, now, same I with the wheels. I don't make wheels. The other day. I'm going to buy the wheels um, in bulk and then resell them. I mean... I've, I've told guys like who buy the everybody who buys a grinder gets a download and the download has buy your wheels from here 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 and those are your options and they bolt right on and I give the hardware for both types of wheels in the kit but I, it still is a hurdle I think a lot more people because I did a test where I did the welded frames with and without wheels nobody bought one without wheels even though it would have been cheaper to buy it without the wheels buy the wheels yourself and put them on nobody wanted it so I was like well People do want more complete packages, so I yeah, gotta move and it's that worth way. a little extra money. Yeah, to not even have to do that Google search, like where do I You're find right. wheels for a grinder? Yeah, you know, it, it just saves that time. It's it's worth it. Yeah, I was it's like how so he says, ago, and uh, I just walking past, I noticed that they've got from one to three horsepower motors, like one, one and a half, two, two and a half, all the three horsepower continuous farm duty motors for like 240 bucks. So I don't know. I'm not the DIY belt grinder guy, but I wonder if that type of motor would work. You'd only get full speed. Yeah. For single. Phase. Unless you well, put a pulley setup you, on it. But if yeah. it was a three phase motor with a VFD, then that's how you tune it. Right. Yeah. That or, gives you the ability to turn the speed. it up, down, forward and reverse. And they got to be totally enclosed, fan cooled, the TEFC. Yeah, that is preferred. I don't. I didn't look that close at them. I will next time I'm in there. I will go back there and take a look and see. But uh, I mean, that's yeah. an option. I know, know if they are Harbor Freight and Tractor Supply both have motors like that, but typically they are uh, single phase and they're not enclosed, so they're susceptible to dust. But I think they might have one or two that might be three phase, but 
Automation Direct is just such a good deal. And I've run, I've run almost four, I think I've run four of their motors so far. And uh, every one of them has been rock solid, so. They're cheap, too. They're like 175 bucks for the two-horse, something like that, free shipping. Yeah. Comes in well, two days. They've gone up yeah. now. I just got one here the other day. Oh, they're, have they? They're up to 240 bucks. <laughs> Everything's getting expensive nowadays. I was I haven't had a price yeah. hike in a long time. I don't know how how much longer I can hold out. Um, doing my doing my best to keep it low, you know, since I want to get as many out there in the market as possible. So let me ask you this, Richard. We were just talking about, you know, it's worth a little bit of extra money to save those clicks, you know, to find the wheels. Now, some people might be thinking about the Bex Armory grinder and they're like, oh, I should go online later on and you know, see what the cost on that is. Is that something you want to talk about live or is that what was something that, last that part? you want to it keep like a cell of a knife and the, the price that? of your grinders? Is that something you want to talk about or do you want to oh. save that for the website? I mean, right now, I think it's like 470 something for the mega kit or 400. And, it's between four and 500 after shipping. It's just over 500. I think I can hold it there for a month or two longer, um, but I haven't haven't really had a, a price bump. I have to reevaluate everything when I come out with this new kit in a week or two, and that's when I'm going to redo, reevaluate all my pricing, and then ap apply the appropriate markup. I've been so focused on other products, I've just let the BA shredder ride, basically full send, let it ride. I haven't really checked on its profit margin in a while, um, just because I've been focused on the Vander Sander a lot trying to get that pushed. Um, so it's time to kind of reevaluate things. You know what? When Mark first came to me about that, I was like, I wasn't even a big fan of disc grinders at first, you know? And he was like, Hey, you know, he had some ideas. He wanted me to help him, you know, kind of take it to the next level. And I was like, well, I think it, well, if, if I'm going to put a lot of design effort into it, then let's just team up, do this together. So we did. And I built the prototype and I, I wired it up. I was using that thing more than my two by 72. No joke. And I was pretty shocked because I was mo like most people. Most people think, why do I need a disc sander? Once you have one, you'll understand why you need one. But the thing is, most people don't know before that, that they need one. Um, but it's, it's really great. I have it sitting right next to my uh, BA Vander or my BA shredder. And I literally will use if when I walk up there, I'm more likely to go to the disc sander than the than the two by seventy two. But I do fabrication. I'm not really a knife maker. I do fabrication, product design, product development, um, machine design, that kind of stuff. So for knives, especially guys doing hidden tangs or uh, segmented scales, hmm. they're a lifesaver. I don't know if it's just me, but both of my two by seventy twos, it's got to be the belts but they seem to wear faster in the center than they do on the outsides. And so you get like a slight cup if you try and flatten something out. Um, so for me, I'll, I'll start it on the grinder and then I'll have to go to the, I have a piece of marble that I hold a piece of sandpaper oh, on yeah. and I flatten it out that way. Um, but disc sanders. I mean, if you're doing a lot of segmented scales or hidden tanks, they're a game changer. Yeah. If you want to just walk up and flatten something, Nothing holds a candle to disc sander. There's, you're going to be very hard-pressed to get something flat, like a, a set of scales. But on the disc sander, very flat, if you don't get the beveled disc. I didn't realize this. One of my customers, um, he bought a beveled disc. And that, that theory behind a beveled disc is that when your tip of the knife goes past center, it won't grab into the other side and hurt you. So they bevel the disc. That way, you know, as you put your knife there, it can go past center without catching. The problem is you can never make anything flat because it's not a flat surface. You'll have a, it's like a cone. So you're trying to sand something on a cone and basically you're going to end up with, I guess, a, a hollow grind instead of a flat grind. Um, and then if you will try to use it for scales. <laughs> so think about that before you, uh, people go get uh, discs. You can buy beveled discs and you can buy flat discs. Um Beveled might not work out as well as you think. Um, that's just some feedback I've gotten from uh, customers yeah. of mine who've tried them. 
TR Maker is a good place to get discs too. Yep. Um, he he does all aluminum. I I got a nine inch one. Um, but that's too small. I need a twelve. Yeah, his are nice and thick too. It's just sitting He's on the shelf right now. He's gonna start selling twelves. He said. So hopefully he yeah. gets those soon. Um. He posted a video the other day of him uh, attaching the arbor to the plate or something like that. Nice. Yeah. So he's still he doing like forge burners over there, making all this stuff himself, or is he like subbing it out? I assume he's doing it himself because he's doing a, a very high volume. Yeah. I don't have yeah. anything from him, but what I've from what I've heard, he's got good stuff and his shipping's crazy fast and it's cheap. Yeah, I bought well, his. I finally listen. bought one of his file guides, and I should have bought one two fucking years ago. <laughs> that thing's amazing. It's amazing. Yeah, Those, I made uh, one. The one I had, yeah. The one I had, it's got grooves in it. Every like every two knives, I'd have to flatten it back out. It was supposed to be hardened, but it's not. I'm not yeah. going to say who I bought it off of, but his. That's all right. You'll tell us later. I was. I was. Mm-hmm putting some serious pressure with a file on his the other day and it doesn't make a scratch in it. Those those carbide plates are awesome. Nice. Jason, yep. tell her you'll play Kissy Face later. I'm trying to no, record, dude, all right, record so a podcast. I'm trying to get rid of this stupid ass cat. We got our, our living room furniture like three years ago. And it came with a recliner. No one has ever, ever sat in the recliner because there's just, there's recliners everywhere. One on each end of the big couch, both sides of the love seat. And it's just like brand new condition. It holds like the, the clothes hamper when we're doing laundry. But just recently our cats have decided they want to go to the corner of it and use it like as a little scratching post. Mm. So now it's all the way fucked up within like one week to destroyed. My older dog, she uh, she'll play like referee in the house, and if our cats are scratching the furniture, she'll go fucking poke, poke them with her nose. She's like, Don't oh, nice. Dad doesn't like that shit. Sweet. <laughs> Catch somebody on patrol. Yeah, that's all not what I was getting a dog for, but that's a cool trick. Yeah, she's getting old. She's ten now, and like you can see it in her face, she's turning gray. And I was telling the wife the other day, I think she's a very good big sister. Like. I don't know if anybody out there has ever had a pet that was a very good older pet that like taught the younger pets how to act. She's very good at that role. And so I was telling the wife the other day, I think, I think now would be a good time for a puppy while we still have her so that she can help, you know, teach the puppy what's what before she dies. So I've heard that's a good, that's a good theory. I mean, she's a big dog. You don't get much past 12 years, you know? Yeah, I've heard so that. What other kind of dog is that? She, she's the border collie lab. She's the bigger one, not Georgia. No. What was I saying? <laughs> That's gonna come back weird. <laughs> oh yeah, Jason. Yeah. Oh, you're talking. <laughs> yeah, about I just I feel like it's a good idea. I don't know. Man, she's a good dog, so. <laughs> She takes that role very seriously too. If, if my wife's like fucking Sounds around like with me, she gets me. right pissed off. Like not right. in an aggressive way, but she'll like jump on my wife and be like, "Don't you fuck with my dad?" <laughs> like <laughs> nobody loves me like that dog loves me. Not even your mom. Not even my mom, dude. Nobody, nobody. If our if our little beagle hound Georgia, if we're playing tug of war or something, she starts growling at me. Carolyn will come over and poke her with her nose. Like, don't you fucking talk to my dad like that. Like, yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Puppies are tough, though. Yeah, I'm not a <clears throat> dog fan, personally. Except I know. The that's, like your, that's like your one downfall, dude. That's my thing. That's my one crush. Yeah, my downfall. It's like the, the biggest red flag for like a lot of people is somebody who hates dogs. <laughs> I don't hate dogs. I just have like no desire whatsoever to have one in my house. Yeah, there's shitload of work, man. Yeah, like and we tried you... that before. That little fucker chewed up everything and shit all over the place and barked all night. 
And they say, oh, you got to get out of the puppy stage. It's only a year. I'm mm. like, I don't want to live with that for a year. Yeah. Oh, Whoever said of- it's only a year is a liar. Dude, I, <laughs> Longer than Georgia's, that. Georgia's nah. five years old. She still acts like she does the day I got her. Oh, Lord. Yeah. I, yeah. I it depends that. on the breed. Some, you know, the dogs that don't live as long, like the bigger dogs, they mature faster. Yeah. So Carolyn was probably three. Go ahead, Richard. Yeah, we got one of those. We got one of those little dogs. I've always, I've never been a fan of little dogs, right? We had before we had a, a pit bull lab mix and she was amazing. Um, but my wife didn't like the hair. So during COVID, she, she, you know, convinced me that to get another dog. Oh, the kids are going to take care of it. Yeah. Yeah. You know how that works. So we got this poodle something mix and he's actually the most intelligent dog I've ever seen in my life. He was six weeks old by eight weeks. He could do like five or six tricks, fully house trained, like super intelligent. And, uh, yeah, he's just great dog. Doesn't shoot. Sometimes he'll like rip up paper if he finds it, but we're, we're even getting past that. And he's probably, I think he's two now. So yeah, no shedding. Um, the problem is you have to groom them. Yeah. You have to, cut their hair every six weeks but it doesn't fall out so it's not like there's no hair around the house he keeps the floors clean um he barks if anybody's outside (laughs) but not insanely you know he just lets you know hey there's somebody out there so it's kind of nice and uh he's low energy so he's not like running all over the place so it kind of won me over to small dogs i was always you know really just annoyed by small dogs because you know, they constantly won't leave you alone, lick. So he's breaks most of those yeah. molds. So a lot of it has I'm to do with the now. breed and the breeding, too. If you have a dog that was like the mom was a puppy farm, mm. you know what I mean? And they just kept breeding and breeding and breeding. Um, those dogs are going to have quirks yeah. that a dog that was bred respons- responsibly wouldn't have. Um, we had an ex-girlfriend of mine when I was a teenager. We bought a dog together. Yeah. And uh, he was a mini schnauzer and his name was Roscoe P. Coltrane. And he was the shit. That dog was awesome. Um, But then we had that (laughs) hound that I've talked about before that passed away young. And like from day one, he was a bad dog. He like he was just not a nice dog. Like you walk by him with a bone, he'd fucking grab right a hold of you. He was biting me one day because I wouldn't let him eat my dinner. And I picked him up around the belly and I was carrying him out to put him in like the, the mud room on the trailer we lived in. <laughs> and he fucking kicked a hole through the door. Cause it was just one of them like carb, like, uh, whatever you call it, particle board doors, oh. kicked a hole right through the door. You leave anything around that dog, he would eat it. He'd walk up to the Christmas tree and uh. crunch the ornaments off the Christmas tree. <laughs> Those glass ornaments. Oh Yeah. He was, he would, and it was just in his breeding. I mean, when I went and picked him up, I traded a chainsaw for him. And when I went and picked him up, yeah, dude, the place that I went and got him, the guy had no electricity, just living in a shack in the woods. His dad was like chained to a tree up on the hill and he looked like he wanted to rip my face off. And I was like, I had a bad feeling. I'm like, maybe I don't want one of these puppies. But then I thought to myself. He's a puppy. I can train him. No big deal. Yeah. It's not always the case. <laughs> um, yeah. He was, uh, dude, I'm, I'm in the <laughs> guy's house looking at all the puppies and the mom dog comes in with a piece of deer that she had pulled out of the yard and brings it into the pen and feeds it to all the puppies. Yeah. So he died <laughs> young. It was, uh, horrendous tragedy for me but i'm over it now i'm really concerned about this audio thing because i'm not having anything come up on my little squiggly line but uh i can hear you fine yeah i'm sure it'll be fine you sound okay but i do see it does look like you have less i don't know if if it will normalize your like when you I mean, hell, every time Ryan farts, make them all the same. Making the thing not. go crazy. So, yeah. 
<laughs> Crack my knuckles. You can hear it. Yeah. But we've we've had bad audio episodes before. Yeah, it can't be worse than some of them we've had, huh? <laughs> Sorry, Mark. Sorry, Mark. Yeah. We don't have well, to just one. delete that one. Well, the one person oh, the one one where Jason muted himself, but I could still hear him. Uh, <laughs> like 40 yeah. minutes straight. And you said, yeah. Oh, man. It took me a we while. We realized that I say yup a lot. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yep. Yep. <laughs> did we delete that one? I think we did. I'm not positive. I think so, though. I hope. So. I hope so. Probably we did. Probably we did. Why don't you bring <laughs> up the Patreon list? That's exactly what I'm doing. Oh, <laughs> look at that. <laughs> All right, time for that the sounded, Patreon spotlight. That sounded better than the track. It did. We're going to record you doing that. <laughs> We're going to do the Patreon spotlight presented by uh, Maritime Knife Supply. They're your one-stop shop for all your knife-related good stuff. They're He's at MaritimeKnifeSupply.com. He's got everything. Yeah, he does. I was looking at his page the other day. He's got some cool handle material. I didn't even realize. I mean, we say everything, but it's like for real everything. For sure. I got to get on there and order some green eighth inch pins today. Green eighth inch pins. Yes, I did some eighth inch holes in a knife and I forgot that he wanted green pins and I didn't have any green pins. So I got to order some. Usually I do quarter inch holes. I like I like quarter inch because they're a little beefier, you know what I mean? Um, eighth inch, you have a lot less leeway if you're trying to push the pin through and it's a little tiny bit off. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, it's hard to get on his website and not fill a cart. I went over there the other day and I was like, oh, I'm just going to see what he has. And I was like, oh, I put that in my cart, put this in my cart. And I ended up with a bunch of stuff. And then I then I had a finally uh, a strong moment where I like re- resisted the urge to yeah. blow all my money. But uh, he doesn't just have lots yeah. of stuff. He's got the right stuff. He's got good stuff. It's not just a bunch of random crap on a website. It's like. You could tell all those things are picked by somebody who makes knives. Yeah, it's, it's really easy to fill a card on Lawrence's stuff, website. You know? Like, oh, I might as well grab that while I'm here. Oh, he's got Kydex shit now. Oh, what's he yeah. got? Oh, I might as well grab some more eyelets. You know what I mean? It's like he's a, he's a smart man. Yep. Put all together right. well. We're gonna y'all ready to read them off? Yep. We got a new one this week. We're up to twenty two now. Hell yeah! So we got Johnny Dulovich, Knife Material AT. Aru Blade Works, our short fat friend, Brigham Kendale, Mark LeBlanc, Mark Vanderwerf, Bex Armory, I know that guy, <laughs> Todd Harrington, Dennis Tyrell, Trucks Claire <laughs> Custom Cutlery, Zachary Sowell, Maritime Knife Supply, Driver Defense Knives, Noah Bloomberg, Crafty Man Forge, Brian Henningkamp at Tortuga Blades, T- Tortuga Blade Works, I'm sorry. Echo Blades, Eric Andrews at Sourwood Creations, Bremner Built Knives, Steak Branch Knife Works, Snake, not Steak, Darren at Stormlight Forge, and a new one this week, <laughs> we got the crazy wild man himself, Chris Magnus from Timber Tiger Forge. <laughs> oh, hell yeah. Just That dude's name makes me laugh. If I think about him, I just laugh, because he's going to do or say something completely nuts. He's going to be on, I don't know if they've already recorded it, but the WFI 2, that new show that B. Cone's doing where he just interviews one-on-one. Um, I know Chris Magnus, I think they already recorded the episode. It might come out Tuesday. I'm not sure, but I know he's going to be on there. I'll have to check that out. All right, so I got the random thing, 1 through 22. Our random number is 17. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, thirteen, fourteen. Damn it. 
Jared at Echo Blades. Let's go check him out. I got to meet Jared up at uh, Blade Show. He's a pretty cool guy. We got pictures taken with him, and you know everybody out there is handing out stickers and stuff. Yeah, you know, just everybody's got stickers. He was handing out uh, patches, you know, like for the Velcro hats and stuff. Oh, that's pretty cool. cool. At least that's what I got. Oh, nice. Oh, his wife has an account too called Mrs. Echo Blades. Really? Yeah. Let's see what's Jared got. Oh, he posted this the other day. And it's a steel rack. He called it a material holder, but he's got his bar stock in it. And that thing is slick. I need that in my life. So it's on my list of things to build for sure. Yeah, he built a tool arm attachment holder bracket thing too. That is freaking awesome. Yep. Like swivels around and gets out of the way. Oh, I see that now. Yeah. It's on like unhinged bolts so he yeah. can move it around the corner of his workbench. That's badass. Yeah, he's always doing some cool stuff, man. He's a good dude too. Oh, uh, he, he made a waterfall platen. I really need one of those. Oh, what? A waterfall platen. So it's a platen that goes over your top wheel on your on your D plate and you use a super flexi belt and it runs over the end of a, a separate platen so that you can get your plunge lines like perfect. And it puts the grind lines lengthwise. Oh I see. Yeah. Yeah. Red First guy off. I saw do it was Kyle Royer. Um yeah, that seems sketchy. It's all sketchy. I mean, just like the, the belt turning that sharp. Redbeard Ops. Like it was my yeah. YouTube videos. I have an OBM one, but it's a piece of shit. I never use it. If anybody wants, yeah, if anybody wants to buy my Maybe OBM I'll one, I'll sell it to you cheap. <laughs> yeah, if anybody wants to buy this piece of shit. <laughs> I just don't like OBM products. I don't mean to hate on them, but. <laughs> I saw Neil post something the other day and I was like, I have to agree with you on that, sir. Yeah, everybody go check out uh Jared over at Echo Blades. Uh we were I talking about having him on the podcast. Huh? We we're talking about having him on. I've talked to him about it in the past, but man, it has been so long. And we even talked about it when we were there in Atlanta. Yeah. But uh you know, it's just one of those things that when it's not right in the front of your mind, you're not really thinking about it. So Right. We're booked I mean, up till the second week of October right now. Holy shit. That's awesome. Yeah, I don't fuck around, man. That's kind of cool because I have no idea who any of the guests upcoming are. <laughs> oh, really? Next I week mean, is Master of... of... What? I know a couple that you sent me when you were first starting to book them. But I just think it's kind of neat. I'm like, hey, do we have a guest this week? Who is it? <laughs> yeah, it's a nice surprise for you. Yeah. I'll list, like I'll list them all off right now so people can uh, be excited about upcoming episodes. So next week is good. next week's Jared Weaver, Master of Metal Manipulation. Then the week after, yep, the week after that is Mr. Donnie nice Dulovich. I can't wait for that one, dude. The week after that is a buddy of mine from locally here that nobody will know who he is, but he's a funny guy. His name's also Ryan, and he turned his side hustle into a full-time grind, and he's doing very well at it. It's not knife-making, it's drywall, but still, same idea. You you turn your side hustle into a full-time gig. And then I can't remember who I booked for October. Who was it? Who was it? Where you at? Where you at? <laughs> Stormlight Forge. This, oh, cool. yeah, this is the first week of October. Yeah. yeah. That's awesome, dude. Nice. Yeah. I'm trying lineup. to get it's Brian House on. He's just so busy all the time. Yeah. 
He's been on a couple of times, actually. But yeah, not with me though. Bougie to go back and listen to episodes that you're not in, so you wouldn't know. But yeah, he's, oh, he's shut been the on. fuck up. <laughs> Get out of here with that shit. It doesn't no, matter. It's on, in the past. He's been on a couple of times. Well, third time's a charm. Yep. Brian House, hit me up. Let's make this happen. I'm booking into October. Yeah, that's any of those of guys. I'd I'd like to get uh Ben Butler on too. I think Ben Butler is a very unique, interesting dude. I think he's hilarious. His one liners on the WFI are fucking gold. Yeah, you should go back and listen to his uh, episode. Of, what was it? Oh yeah, the Hustle and Grind podcast. He was on there, you know, back in the day. Yeah, back <laughs> in the day. Back in the days, not a month from now. So, back in the day before it was good, huh? Let's make it happen again. Yeah, before you had me on and everything started uh, going good. Right? There you let's go. do this. <laughs> let's go. Come on. Yeah, right, look, we're doing all this talk about grinders and shit. Let's talk about some belts. Oh, from Phoenix Abrasives? That's the one. Your one-stop shop for all your abrasives needs? That's Use right. Promo and code hey, I heard Hustle 10 ordered. at checkout. Yeah, yeah, there's a code. Yeah, Hustle, Hustle 10. 10. At checkout, you get 10% off your entire order. Yeah, it's like free shipping. He's, he's got everything abrasives related. Everything. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's and not it's, just belts. Like They do the discs and all kind of specialties. Like, if you need something to rub something... Coffee yep. and abrasives. Yeah. If you need a custom belt size, they can have it made for you. Yep. If if it's doable. I asked for half inch by 72s and they couldn't do it, but. That's no getting a little bit picky there, Mr. Chadborn. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Those those can be a bit to, uh, a little complicated yeah. to track as well. The small bit more narrow you get. I've ripped some belts down and tried that out. It's not it's not impossible, but I mean yeah. I've got the one inch uh J Flake scallop belts and those will pretty much fold in half. You know, I mean like if you're getting into like a tight space, they'll they'll get the job done. They'll get up in there. But I couldn't imagine a half inch nice. wide belt. Yeah, I know, I know. I'm getting kinda bougie, as you would bougie. say. I want the half inch wide belts. But <laughs> I like to do as little hand sanding as possible. You know, half inch wide. That's not something that would break. I can't yeah. remember the last time I hand sanded a blade. <laughs> I mean, I, I use J Flex up to 400 and go through the Scotch Brights and I'm done. Yeah, I only hand sand on the handles. No, I get definitely hand sand the handle. You don't? Straight Hell up to no. machine? I get all kinds of little facets on mine when I'm trying to do it all machine finish on the handle. No, I just slack belt with the uh, thin J flexes. Just roll the shit out of them, and then I take them up to six hundred with the J flex. Uh, then go straight to the buffer. Oh. Every now well. and then, I'll have to hand sand the butt of the knife. You know, the very back of the handle. If I'm mm-hmm. keeping it flat, because I don't want to round it. You know what I mean? If I'm wanting to keep that r- real nice and crispy, I'll do the butt. I'll do the butt. But that's it. Wow. I didn't think Katie was that kind of girl. <laughs> hey, she's right here. She can hear you. <laughs> <laughs> that's a riot. <laughs> My wait, wife wait. Is a princess. <laughs> she is the purest, kindest, most gentle soul. <laughs> she said, You're so full of shit. I always uh, glass bead blast my blades. The, the couple knives I made, I only took them up to like 200 and, uh, 240 or something like that. And then I took them to work and put them in the glass bead blaster and just bead blast them. It's kind of cheating, but it gives them a good, nice uniform finish and pretty much takes out all the scratches. It's fast, um, but I don't know. I kind of like how it looked. I would even uh, glass bead blast the uh, my car to handles. It gives them like everything's like a dull tactical type style. Huh. Um, I did a couple of them that way, but I haven't had a time to make a knife in a year. But before that, I actually started doing all this because I wanted to make knives. And it turned <laughs> out this was way more profitable, so I just switched. <laughs> yeah, that, ain't that the truth? <laughs> <laughs> Finite 
engineering analysis. Did I get that right? Yeah. Yeah. Finite engineering analysis. Okay, I, about to say, What's that? I got it so wrong. He froze up. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> F- we shorten it and we just call it FEA. So FEA analysis. Um, usually people don't know what FEA is. So then I have to say finite element analysis, but basically it gives you this pretty rainbow gradient of a color. Red is bad. Blue is good. And every shade in between, when you flex and you can see exactly how it's going to flex, you can actually test to see how much deflection you'll get at any specific weight. It's pretty amazing. Uh, I use it a lot at my day job because I, like I just, last week I designed a 75 ton press and I have to know for a fact that this press can ha- can hit 75 tons every day, three shifts a day for the next 20 years. So I can't guess. I have to know for sure. So I designed it all in 3D. I spent 10 hours tweaking every little thickness, every dimension, hole spacing for the bolts, all that. And then I get it. So it has a two and a half times safety factor at 75 tons. And then we're good. So sometimes it can get a little tedious, but it is what it is. You know, it's got to be done because this is, this is part of a $680,000 machine. So it has to be right. There's no, so your day job, you're not using that press. You're, you're developing those presses for other people to buy from and use. Yeah. Right. So right now I'm designing a, uh, a machine that takes angle iron, 60 foot bars of angle iron. And the front office downloads a, uh, a big order. And these people feed these 60 foot bars in and it grabs on the bar, pulls it in, punches it, pulls it farther, punches it, pulls it, shears it. So it's got two punches and a shear and it's all servo driven automatic everything's on slides um it's got light curtains fencing around it the hydraulic pump alone for this system is sixty thousand dollars god damn it's insane and i have to have it completely designed i have to have it designed by the end of this month so i have three more weeks to design a six hundred eighty thousand dollar machine and then we're going to start it all over again last month I designed a machine that had three robots, and it was basically taking a copper piece, smashing it into a different shape. That robot would hand it to another robot, which would load it into a carousel, and it would turn. It put Loctite on it, turn, add another part, turn, visually inspect with a camera, turn. A robot would take it off, put it in a chute. The chute would carry it up, dump it onto a, a tote. So that system was... I think we sold that system for 400000 and I only had three weeks to design that. So Bex Armory is truly my side hustle. Uh, <laughs> I do 10-hour days designing. You know, this year alone, I'm getting close to uh, over a million and a half of custom machines um, for the day job. So then I come home, and I pack up grinders. So... <laughs> I know sometimes people get frustrated. They're like Facebook message me thinking I'm like one of these big businesses with like a, a person who's just there ready to answer questions all day long. That's not the case. I'm at work 10 hours a day and then I get home, uh, two kids, wife, a dog. So it, it's a struggle. I try my best to always get back to people within an hour, but that's just, it's not always feasible. So, but I like it. But I still work for somebody else. I want to mm-hmm. be my own man. Doesn't everybody? I mean, we all want to just be our own boss, do what make we our own rules, do. play our own mm. game. And uh, yeah, well, I think everybody can identify with that. That's step one. Yeah. Oh, by the way, I checked my phone. I was wrong earlier. Hope that's not too big of a deal. It's hustle ten. I wanted to make it the same as all your other codes. So it is Hustle 10, and they get $10 off. I know earlier I said it was just Hustle, and they get 5 But it's Hustle 10. It should be nice. easy to remember because so, your your other codes are Hustle 10. So I was reminded of that when you guys were doing the Phoenix Abrasives, and I checked my phone. I was like, oh, wait, I did say so I was going to do Hustle 10 do, for $10 We were off. talking about it earlier. You do sell other uh, products. over 25 Like Forge Burners, and, you know, there's some less expensive things. At $10, yeah. that's not going to come off a Forge Burner, right? 
Yeah. Nope. There's literally... I used to... My whole business was built around forges and forge burners before I ever got into belt grinders. And there is so much labor and time that goes into making a burner. I mean, it's like a seven-step process. And there's no way uh, it's worth it for me to continue to sell those. But I made a huge batch of like 30 of them. And I'm like, well, I'm going to sell these until they're gone. And then, then that's it. But I still have uh, like 10 over there. Um, and they're really high-quality burners. Um, they put out yeah, 70,000 each. Um, I mean, basically one burner, <laughs> they're powerful yeah. and they, they heat up fast. They have a good burn and you can turn them all the way down and all the way up. A lot of insuree burners, you try to turn them yeah. down and they just go out. You try to turn them up and they're pop, 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 pop. You know, these, the full range, I've perfected them. But like I said, now that I'm doing 10 hour days, and I've got all these other products. I have to focus on the the products that can take me to the next level. Right. I have to bridge this gap so I can quit the day job. Um, and to do that, I have to focus on products that don't take me 10 hours. I can't spend, you know, <laughs> sell a product and make $2 an hour. <laughs> yeah, because you're making at least three or four job. there. It so. sounds like it. <laughs> Hell yeah. But a bing. <laughs> yeah. So. Yeah, those burners. So you've got the yeah, you've the, got the, the BA shredders. You've got the Vander Sander. You've got the pedestal. You've got a limited stock of burners left. You've yep. got oh that the, tracking that multi-axis tracking system. Yep, that's a game. Yeah, I know Ryan those was are, like pumped when he got yeah. his. I have one on both of my grinders, my my Revolution and my BA Shredder. That's the slickest setup you can do for tracking. Yeah, it fits both. It's yeah, perfect. it actually fits um, both. You've got the blade vices too, right? Like the clamps Once. for hidden tang. Yep. Uh, yeah, like the it's like a dual clamp, so you can clamp the bottom and the top separately. Um, yep. I work with uh, Nick Tobin on that. I was sitting there having lunch one day, and he called me. And we were like, hey, he wanted a product that could do that. And I'm like, I'll draw something up. So I designed it. I've got it. one of them. I haven't put it together That was a yet. long time ago. But that recently, that's actually started to get some traction recently, uh, the knife clamp. So I also have DIY plans for the guys who can't weld. For like, I got a bunch of 999 digital plans, right? So I got them in metric for the guys overseas. I got um, my first grinder ever built. Um it's all made out of bar stock. You cut it to length, you drill and tap it, and you can basically make an entire grinder. It's insanely beefy, though, because it's all half-inch plate because you're drilling tapping the sides of some of the bars. But it's super simple. You don't have to have it laser cut. You don't have to, You just go to your metal supplier, and you buy bar stock, and you cut it to specific lengths, and the plans are on the website. So that was the first thing I did. And then I did Oh, that's cool. I didn't even know about that other grinder. So. But, so that would be a good, like, yeah. if you're looking to spend uh, as little as possible to have a grinder, you could go that route. Right. Especially if you can get that from, like, a scrapyard, the bar stock. Um, it is half-inch thick bar stock, so it does add up fast. Um, and I don't know how much that costs, because when I went to build mine, I went to my boss, who owns the place I work, and I was like, hey, I got a project. Here's a list of all the stuff I need. He's like, man, you're doing a great job. Just go help yourself. So he gave it to me all for free. So my first grinder, I did price it out. I think it was like would have been like 400 bucks or something for all the, the bar stock. But he's always – that's the problem of me trying to transition to my, my own gig is I've never had a boss as good as the boss I have now. He's like super flexible. That's um, good, man. Yeah. Yeah, that's real good. It's it's. Yeah, and it's it's not like you know how most places you have to beg for a raise. You have to go in there every year. You have to remind them, hey, it's time again. Not this guy. He just you're not even ready for it. And he's like, hey, good job. That's you rare. know, and I'm like, wow, this is something is wrong here. That's um. <laughs> it's very rare, and yeah, I'm my like, my boss is a dick and doesn't pay worth a shit. Yeah. <laughs> I 
I remember my yeah. first job, my first <laughs> legit job was at a KFC Taco Bell when I was 16. And uh, the boss pulls me in the office and he goes, I'm going to give you oh, a man. raise. And I'm thinking 50 cents, maybe a dollar. He's like, here's 10 cents. I'm like, that's some bullshit. Dude. I'm like 10 cents <laughs> wasn't worth me coming in here to talk to you about it. So what's that come out like? Four bucks on a not even. I mean, if you get a dollar at forty hours after taxes, you're only getting twenty five bucks. Yeah. So, so two dollars and fifty cents. Yeah. Yeah. Well, twenty years ago. Yeah, I started my very first job I ever had was second up groceries at a grocery store, and I made four dollars eighty five cents an hour. Yeah. I started that job at five fifteen an hour. It it was very shortly after I started mine, I got that raise because of the you know national minimum wage thing. And I remember thinking back then, man, if I can get to like fifteen sixteen dollars an hour, I'll be set. Everything will be good. Yeah, yeah. everything will be good. And now like twenty dollars uh. an hour, and I'm fucking like. <laughs> wearing shoes with holes in them and shit and like but i'm also a knife maker so yeah, i put yeah. a, like all my money into knives yeah but i picked the most expensive hobby on the planet yeah now you could get into tractor work yeah that's pretty that's pretty cheap i think my first job was detasseling corn detasseling corn what the hell is that Uh, it's terrible. You walk through a cornfield, and a machine has gone through and ripped off all the tops, but it doesn't get 100% of them. So every two rows is one kind of corn, and then there's five rows of different corn. They play, they basically hy- make, create hybrid seed corn. So they hire all these uh, 13, 14-year-olds to walk through the field and pull all of the ones that got missed. So you get up at the ass crack of dawn. They put you in a bus. They drive you to a field. They drop you all off. And... Um, like five kids walk and one kid follows to just watch them all and grab the missing ones. Um, the kid that follows is the kid that's done it for the second year. So if you come back, you get to be a team leader and you get more money and you just get to watch. So I did that two years and uh, some days it would rain. You're just walking through and your boots would get like 10 pounds of mud on each one. Your legs would be cramping. Got that corn hitting you in the face. Then some days it'd be hot and you're just sweating with the corn. <laughs> it's like the worst job in the world, I think. <laughs> but I did that for two years and then I got a job at McDonald's and I worked there for four and yeah, a half. They do that kind of similarly so, here, like with the corn. But like if you're up yeah. north, you're counting potatoes or you're pulling potatoes. If you're like coastal Maine, oh. you're raking blueberries. So like my mom had her husband, her husband at the time, his family was from blueberry country. So when I was like, oh, fuck, I was probably seven or eight. He would we would all go down there and I'd rake blueberries and you get paid by the bushel, which when you're seven years old, you're not even big enough to lift a bushel of blueberries like a bushel is like a tote. So you you're you're bent over all day with this huge rake. (laughs) Yeah, just ripping the blueberries out of the blueberry fields and they all get you get paid under the table that was my first introduction to migrant work uh, because they you know they can't just use child labor illegally so they hire a bunch of mexicans to come in <laughs> not being racist that's a fact that's what that's you know they're migrant workers you see them all over the state during the summertime you know breaking the blueberries doing the potatoes apple orchards stuff like that Weed farms now. Yep. Because well, we got those here. Ryan has got us canceled for saying the word Mexican. Yeah. Dude, you say some of the worst phrases on this show. <laughs> That's not going to get. It. Yeah, you. <laughs> I don't remember. I believe either. one about a guy in a barrel of buttholes. Or oh, something. yeah. Happy <laughs> yeah. a barrel of buttholes. Yeah, that's way worse. I don't care who you are. <laughs> well, let's get ready to wrap this thing up, guys. A little oh, bit over man. an hour now. Richard, thanks for being on here with us. Both of you guys, thanks for putting up with my bullshit, trying to figure out all these technical problems to get this thing going. And uh, 
who's gonna sing? Oh, for the outro? Yeah. That's not even how it goes. Uh, it's not. Hold hold on. I'll play it again. <laughs> we appreciate it's an you, honor Richard. to be on the show, guys. Thank you very much. You got it right, Dick. Yeah, that was a good one. <laughs>